Welcome to the Shirts and Skins podcast. Your hosts, Tori Devin and Josh. We are here again for part two of this week's episode. Now we're going into the preview of this week's conference championships game. Let's start with Bucks and Packers. It's the first one that we're all going to get to watch. What are your guys' feelings on this one? Who do you have coming out on top? What matchups do you think are going to be the ones that are going to be the most important? So I just I just think, obviously, looking at, at it on paper, Bucks have more offensive weapons. But Aaron Rodgers utilizes his weapon and the run game a little bit better. He uses his running backs out the out the backfield as receivers pretty good. And uh the tight ends coming in clutch, Tanyan, and he seems to get like a long ball to Lazard or Valdez Scantling. But that Adams, if they can't stop Adams, it's it's gonna be tough, man. Especially Aaron Rodgers has been lighting it up in the frozen tundra. Uh, I know Tom Brady, he played in the cold weather, but those wideouts, did they play in that cold weather, and are they ready? Gronk should be ready. He was off of football for a little bit. I, I'm liking Green Bay in this game, but like I said, I got I put 50 bucks on the Bucks just for, you know, kind of, ah, whatever, see what I could get out of it. You know, I think it's going to be closer than they think. I think the Bucks, you can't you can't look down on their offense. I mean, they still put up 30 points. You know, the last game against the Saints, whether it was pretty ugly, however they got it. But uh, Green Bay and Green Bay, and then you got the GOAT. It's it's going to be a good game, man. It's it's the two best teams. Like I said, you could funnel out the Saints, the Bucks. It was one or the other that was going to be there, in my opinion. So we got a good matchup, man. Rodgers versus Brady. Let's see what's about to go down, man. This one, I think it's – you mentioned the, the points that – the Bucks put up. The thing is, they got a lot of turnovers. Rodgers isn't going to be doing that. Rodgers looks incredible right now. It's going to be what they say, twenty-four degrees, snowing. Last time, whenever the Titans came up there and it was like that, Rodgers like it was a spring game. He was still flinging the ball around, acting like it doesn't even bother him that it was. I'm snowing not sure Rodgers gets cold. <laughs> he doesn't seem like it bothers him. For being a California boy, he comes out and just does whatever he wants. He's eleven and zero in freezing degree temperatures. So never lost. At this point in their careers, I would take Rogers over Brady. Oh sure, like he just his arm talent is incredible. He's physically he's always been a better quarterback than Brady. He's always had more the the more talent. Yes, for sure. So mobility. And a lot of mobility, a lot of legs to go along with that too. Brady hasn't never had the mobility. I don't see the Bucks defense doing what they did last week, this week, because last week again, you knew they weren't gonna throw the ball deep. So you knew you could sit fifteen yards deep and it's not gonna go past you at that point. So you could be more aggressive on your play calling and everything like that because they know they're not throwing the ball deep anywhere. The Packers throw the ball deep. Rodgers is gonna light up the, the defense here. Everyone keeps talking about how they can't run the ball. Their running backs, like even this last week, Williams came out and was even doing incredible for him. They so. ran the ball straight up and down that number one defense exactly. in the NFL. No problem. So this is where I think they're, they can, they're going to be able to shut down Devontae Adams. No one seems to be able to do it yet. I don't see the Bucks being able to do it. No one's been able to break that code. And with that cold weather, if they hit Brady and Brady doesn't like getting hit already, when it's cold, they hurt Oof. even worse whenever you get hit. Ooh. So that's where I'm gonna kind of seeing this change. 
if this was in Tampa or this was in a dome, I think it'd be more of a chance. Or on the West Coast. For sure. Which seems to be the <laughs> kryptonite of Aaron Rodgers, but it's not. It's in Lambeau. When he, he's at home, they've looked incredible. From the beginning, it was like we've talked about in the beginning of the playoffs. It looks like it's going to be packed Chiefs. I don't think that's going to change this week. I'm taking packs all day. I'll tell you what. I'm not sure because when I look at Aaron Rodgers, and Josh, you said it, he's probably, I'll take a pass on Mahomes right now, the most gifted, most talented quarterback the league has ever seen. Top to bottom. That man has an arm. He has the accuracy to go with it. Devin, you said he's got the mobility. He's got the total athletic package and the quarterback prowess like I don't think we've really ever seen. But looking at him, he doesn't have those accolades yet. And I feel like a couple of them have been taken away at his expense that you can't put on him, like the face mask call against Arizona. Yeah. Where he th- granted he threw a pick in the end or uh, in overtime. That one's on him. But again, that face mask, that was an entire game changer. Then you got the cough up against Seattle, where it was an onside kick. They were up eight. Got coughed it back up, had it secured. Popped out of his chest right over to Seattle. They score eight points again. Then it goes to overtime. And then what happens, happens. Then I also see times where I thought it was almost predestined for Rodgers to finally go back to the Super Bowl, win the title, and then he ran and got stomped by the 49ers. And then he ran and he got ran he over by some, the Rams. He also has some bad timing with injuries, too. Absolutely. Right. You his know, collarbone, shoulder, knee. Achilles. His yeah. Achilles. Yeah. <laughs> so you're totally right there. And so I'm not... I'm not ready to say this is going to be any of those games. I think this is almost Rodgers' year. This is 100% healthy Rodgers. Right, and he looks maybe better than ever. Ever. You know what I mean? And that he's all scares me. he'll turn the ball over. <laughs> right. From our very first preview of the entire NFL season, I had the Buccaneers going to the Super Bowl. Devin, I think you did as well. And now we're both kind of looking at Green Bay like, I don't know, man. Like, if I'm going through the rosters, Buccaneers have the most talent. I think offensively, I think defensively. I think I like the way Tom Brady teams never stray away from running the ball. They usually run it effectively. They got Fournette. They got Rojo. He's healthy. He's coming on. They uh, they get Vita Vea back, maybe. Yeah. That's big for that line. Yeah, that's a big man. <laughs> that's a big man. He frees up to Dominican Sue. He frees up Jason Pierre-Paul. They have a very opportunistic defense. They get a lot of interceptions. They get to the quarterback. It's really it's going to come down to it. If Brady can outduel Rodgers, and I'm not sure they can. I think it was a favorable matchup because he got the same guy last week against the other side of the field, which is Breeze. They both about had the same completion percentage, same amount of yards. Rodgers isn't going to be that guy. And it's going to be a big task for the Buccaneers to be able to contain Rodgers. And I want to say to stick with my pick that the Bucs are going to be in the Super Bowl, but I got to go Green Bay on this one. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's going to get it done this year. He looks so determined, and he just looks like he's ready for it. Like it's been long awaited, and he's sick of waiting because it should have happened already. He's ready for that second Super Bowl ring. And he should be the league MVP with the way he played this year. His numbers just look incredible. He sure ought to be. I'm hoping he can kind of finish it up with a a Super Bowl victory overall. But they got the line for this game at three and a half. I personally think it's it's packed by seven, maybe more. I feel like three and a half, they always give the home team like that three points. Yeah, they always give them the three. And I'm so like, I that's like why I feel is, like it should be higher. This is a push already. And I'm like, so 
Vegas surprised me with that line. I thought for sure there'd be a higher line. I don't know if they're trying to, you know, kind of catch everybody early with some of that money. But I was surprised by this line, especially, like I said, being in Green Bay, I expected a higher line for the Packers. So, no matter how you want to take the Bucks saints game, that high prolific offense, even though I think the Saints do have a way different defense than Green Bay, and yeah, the Bucks did put it on Green Bay the first time they met, that high-profile offense didn't do really anything. So now you're talking weather. You know, you're inside of a dome. Um, Green Bay is putting up points. So at the end of the day, three and a half. With with Rodgers, you, you got to go. You got to defend 70 yards of the field. And why the Bucks defense looks great is because they only had to defend 50 yards of the field. Yeah. So... We're going to see that two man, that little zone. Uh, nah, he, he don't care who's running a far long route. He'll put any one of his receivers and he'll throw them the ball 50, 60 yards down the field. And if you're not covering that, he's going to eat you up. It don't matter how cold, it don't matter snow and rain. He's going to throw it and he's going to be confident in his pass. And he's going to be confident in his wideouts. And if they can connect, they don't have some drop passes. It's going to be a long night. And we touched on that on the last podcast episode that we did. Three of those weapons that Brady has, Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, they all had one catch each and like 37 yards combined. And so you're really relying on Godwin. Godwin is a beast out there. Don't get me wrong, but he has had a lot of drops the last couple of weeks in these playoff games. That's not great. Brady, when he is throwing deep, he's missing his guys by the fingertips, throwing a little too far. And then a great play. Brady threw it. I think it was 35 yards. Miller had to come back and grab that one. Yeah. Defender was right there. He almost got a pick off that one. Miller had to come back, backtrack, backpedal, and catch that one. So, you're even right. Johnson, they, even Johnson, when he – Hell of a they, catch. Yeah, they were like, that's why we got to get him involved. I got to remember <laughs> to get him involved. It's like, no, you don't. It's because your other guys aren't performing at all. And I think Brown, which we're kind of dialing down, Brown had like a little injury. He had an injury. They yeah. said it wasn't yeah. – no, like, serious damage, but there still hasn't been any He's word of whether or not kept him out of the game. game. You're in a playoff game. You win or go home. It's probably significant enough to not Slow play. Slow him down a little bit. I mean? like yeah. So, it's, it's, it's one of those things, man, where it's like, yeah, these weapons are there, and uh, don't shut down Green Bay secondary. Green Bay secondary has proven that they come out the ball. So, and they can put some, they can put some pressure. So we'll see, man. It's three and a half. I could see Green Bay putting a whooping on the Bucks like they put on Green Bay because if you remember when the Bucks seen Green Bay, Green Bay was up ten zero, and that's one thing everyone keeps talking about. Oh well, the the Bucks already beat Green Bay, and <laughs> it goes right back against you whenever you say something like that because at the same time. The Saints destroyed the Bucks, so don't kind of rely on that. No, that reasoning. game was probably an aberration. Yeah, you can't use I'm that not relying as a, on that game at all. A reasoning at all, because if you wanted to just go off the future, well, it didn't work out that well for the Saints when they came in thinking we already beat them twice. So definitely don't go on that. I I think that this game is going to be more relying on Brady to have a better game. He didn't have a bad game. He just didn't have a great game. He's going to have to have a great game in this one because the offense for the Packers is going to put up points. One thing, and 
Devin, he brought it up a couple of podcasts ago, was Gronkowski staying on the line and blocking as opposed to being a receiver. Now, I'd have to go back and check the snaps on this last game where he was on the line. But again, him only having one catch, I think it, I think the math is going to work out on this one. I had to go back and look at that. So Gronkowski, instead of being in the pass game, instead of going out and getting targets, if he stays on the line, this game aside, this last one against the Saints where they did win, when Gronkowski blocks for seven-plus snaps, the Bucks are 5-1. and one. If he goes out for more than that and he blocks less, that drops down astronomically, down to like four and three. And if he goes out for even more, I want to say, if I remember it right, there were two or there were one and two. And so actually the less that Gronkowski's out there and the right. more he can block and give Brady time to complete those passes, the better the Bucks' offense are. The better they are at keeping him up and the more they win, which is what's the most important thing. And so expect to see Gronkowski staying on that line, which they did a great job. I mean, Cam Jordan's over there on the other side for the Saints. I didn't see him do a whole lot as far as getting to Brady. Brady only got sacked once. No, so they only had one sack. The game before, they had five. Right. They so, were eating him alive back there. That, that's a big difference. And so if they can keep Brady clean, if they can keep him in the pocket, allow him time to find those receivers, go through those checks, again, I'm still scared about that. His lack of ability to push the ball downfield, though. Well, I'm gonna tell you like this: the when if if we're gonna look at the first game, they, the first time they played, the Bucks had a pick six on Aaron Rodgers, and they ended up having two interceptions on Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers had five interceptions all year. <laughs> right. So <laughs> let's uh let's like tune that down because I don't see them getting him. I'd be surprised. Brady if that threw happened, five man. picks in those two Saints games. Right. Through zero in this one, right? So it's it's you're it's zero zero, man. You know it's zero zero. These are two different teams. Two, it's going to be a different game style. It's like I said, they added Antonio Brown. Well, they're clicking more in Green Bay. You know what I mean? They're this is just their defense is looking better. Their offense is looking better. Their run game's looking better. Their lines looking better. Aaron Rodgers is looking better than better. You know he's like, looking the best he ever's been. So it, it's. Like I said, it's the two top teams. Um, I can't wait, man. I can't wait. It should be a good one. I'm hoping it's a good one. Obviously, I want a pack to win, but I, I would like a good game at the same time. I don't want to blow out. Like, I want it to be a, a good game, a little bit of back and forth for a little while, and then the pack kind of run away near the end. But when it comes to these times, like, you want exciting games for these championship games. Oh, we finally get a Brady versus Rodgers playoff right. game. This is amazing. This is great for the sport of football. This is great for fans of either side. I mean, this is the conversation that's been the last seven years is Brady's better than Rodgers. No, Rodgers is a better quarterback than Brady. He's more talented. He's more accomplished. This is what we've been waiting for, the chance to see them play against each other. And damn it, guys, I'm going to go ahead and take the Bucks. The more that we've been talking about this, this Bucks roster is stacked on both sides. It really is. And again, maybe it's recency bias where I've seen Rodgers have some horrific games where they've been 13-3 and three and they've looked like they're going to steamroll right into the playoffs and then they just got mollywopped as soon as they got there. I'm going to go Bucks. I'm going to say Tom Brady shows poise. Like you said, he had a bad game last week. I don't think he's going to this week. 
I think this game means too much. So for the Bucks to win, I think he's going to have to have a good game. Definitely. He has to. He has to put up yards. And but they have they the running score. backs that they can keep the air or they they, they can uh, take the air out of the ball. They can keep it away from Rodgers. And if that defense played like it did against the Saints. Not literally take the air out of the ball, though. No, no, no. <laughs> Tom Brady, we see you. Damn, I walked right yeah, into that. Yeah, we, we see you, Tom Brady. We know what you're all we about. We see you high-fiving the refs. Yeah, we, we see what's going on here. Don't bring that crap down to Tampa. That ball is going to be cold. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, that's another really good point, though, is these, these guys are from Tampa. I mean, Brady and Gronk, they've spent their career in New England. It right. gets cold in New England. These other guys who, again, they only have five pro bowlers on this team. That's not a whole lot of experience. Most of these guys haven't had playoff experience right. outside of this year. And so there's – Devin, we talked about in the last podcast, Brady's going to throw a lot of routes open, and I don't know if those receivers are going to be there. This is going to be a different check. These guys have not gotten to the conference championship for most of these guys in their career. And so with everything that's going to bring, with how cold it's going to be in Lambeau, those – they're going to have to be in sync. Them. Listen, it's going to test their will. And – do the Bucks want it? Because the Bucks got the potential. Obviously, they're here. They got the potential. But now, you got the weather. You got this Green Bay team. They're hot. They're it, you ain't cooling them off. They they know they've been in this fr- the frozen tundra. This is where they play at. They're excited. Yeah, to play here. Yeah, this they're weekend. welcoming you. You know, right. don't don't. They be say su- we've been waiting for yeah. you. <laughs> don't be surprised if your your truck forgot the heaters because they're not going <laughs> to give you theirs. You know, like. Um, it's they're they're coming to play, man. And uh, like I said, Tom Brady, he played at Michigan, he played in New England, but it's been a year. You know what I mean? It's it's fourteen older. degrees. No, yeah. he's already said that yeah. his blood's getting a little warmer. Yeah. since he's been here in Tampa, right? That's he said not the cold's joke. biting him a That's little not more. A joke. I work in a freezer, man. It takes you got to get used to it. It's a different lifestyle, man. And uh. We're about to find out, especially like we already hit on. If you get hit in that cold weather, too. It's going to hurt a him, little bit more. <laughs> yeah, especially him. Yeah, now we're talking age. That 43 years old, you're going to feel that, and it's going to be that much harder to get up off that snow. Godwin's had a problem with the drops. His now fingers, you drop the temperature to problem. 20 yeah. degrees. You're one guy you're accounting for to catch the ball in the cold gronk. You're going to have him hold back the block. I don't know, man. There's, there's, there's some things that – I, I can't wait at, for this game. Yeah, I'm there's so some, yeah, there's some things that I look at in this game and some inside the battle, inside the line fights, and uh, it's it's going to be different than that first one. So if you're a Bucks fan, don't think you're going to get that 38 to 10 win again. No, no, definitely and not. Let's, it's be let's a lot not, let's not go there because, like we said, we just watched the Saints and what happened to them and their two previous wins. So uh, it's yeah, let's run it, man. Back to the old days, man. Something Brett Favre, Warren Sapp makes this kind of exciting is all these teams, these four teams have played each other already this season. So they already got that little bit of comfortability because the Chief, Bills Chiefs have also played each other. That's so right. You get that little bit of comfortability already. You already have a little bit of tape on them when you played them. So going into this game, like, and there's no team that's been on a longer win streak this season up to this point than the Bills. Nobody circles the wagons. Like the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> and they lost to a Hale Murray <laughs> last time. So these guys are getting hot at the right time. Josh, they haven't looked great in the postseason, though. They're playing a lot better competition. They've now as won, well. but they haven't looked great. 
when you're playing a lot better competition, I mean, what, what it really comes down to is they're winning. It doesn't matter if you look good or you look True. bad. If you're getting the W, that's really what matters. And it's, it's really hurting them not having their running game. They got to hope that Mahomes doesn't play this game. I got a strong feeling the NFL is not going to allow Mahomes not to be in this. Like, for them financially, there's a lot of money here. Like, they're not going to. You can't roll Chad Henney out as right. your starting quarterback. In an in a AFC championship, like, you want Mahomes because Mahomes equals ratings. So, I got a feeling they're going to kind of let things, you know, No, they're going to ask him, do bit. you want to play? <laughs> What's he going to say, no? So, I'll be very surprised. Oh, I lost a fifth-round draft pick? That's great because I just got a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so, th- this one – there was something through the Facebook group again talking about the four quarterbacks. And yeah. sadly, I think Josh Allen is probably the worst of the four quarterbacks. And even then, he's a a top 10 for sure quarterback. Yeah, I was like, that's not an insult. Just like it's not an insult that Brady's 43 and he's still in that conversation. Right. So it's a lot of pressure on the Bills. I think it's less pressure on the Chiefs because they have been here. They know what they're doing. They know how to win. They've proven they can win. The Bills is a little bit different for them. They've come in kind of having some fairly rough games. It's not on the offense. Their defense looks good, but if they can't run the ball, it's going to be a tough one. They need to control the clock. They need to keep Mahomes off the field as long as they can. They need to get pressure on Mahomes and contain him when he runs, which, again, those are two hard things. And we talked about it before is he doesn't like his receivers coming back to him. Just go further. I got the arm. You got the legs. (laughs) You got the speed. You will outrun that secondary, and I'm going to get it to you. One thing about when they last matched up is uh, Hill didn't really do much. Right. They they locked down Hill. Kelsey, he had an okay game. It kind of became a defensive battle. Um, I I don't see it playing out that way. But if Mahomes does start, what's this turf toe or this nerve? What's this concussion? Uh, is he going to be 100%? Uh, he's still got the arm talent, of course. But, I mean, if he's going to take hit. one hit, yeah. But, and at the end of the day, like the Bills, they, they matched up with him defensively pretty good. Poirier, Johnson, White out there. I mean, their best wide out was Robinson. So, so it's if, like, if I'm the Bills and Mahomes is in the game, I'm doing everything I can to bring pressure and hit him every chance I get. You got to get him running. Just to kind of see where he is at. Like, it might be that one hit that kind of, you know, brings some little. Take a few roughing the passer calls. See what happens. You got to do, you know what I mean? Even if you. Not saying headhunt. Yeah. (laughs) Of course not. We don't want to hurt the guy. Even if you go tackle him and, you know, he has maybe a fracture in his foot or maybe nerve damage in his foot, maybe it's turf toe, whatever it is. Okay, well, you shoelace tackle him. But instead of trying to wrap his ankle up, you peanut punch his foot. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, run it. You know, like, you got to do some stuff right now to win the game. But as long as you're in a certain guideline, run it, dude. You're you the Bills. Get into injury. the Super Bowl. Yeah. And like I said, don't headhunt. We ain't got to headhunt you. But hit this man. Just like Brady, hit that man. Yeah. Rodgers, one thing about Rodgers, go hit that man. He One thing about it. Allen, Allen too, he's a big man. He'll run. He ain't scared of no hit. He'll take the hit. Yeah. So it's just certain quarterbacks react uh, differently to these hits. And uh, right now, like I said, even if he does play, 
where 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 is his health at? And uh, of course, he's going to be a game changer. I mean, even a seventy percent, sixty percent Mahomes of taking over Henny any day. <laughs> yeah. But uh, why? <laughs> it's just because uh, one man's already had an entire career. <laughs> yeah, I believe it's uh, has the, it, the, the talent, maybe the franchise. Yeah, the talent, the arm strength. Yeah. Uh, Henny has proven that he's a backup quarterback yeah. for a reason, and he came through. He did absolutely. As a he veteran, did. he came through. He Six did what of you eight need to do. Pick, but you know, you got to get that out of your system. Yeah, you have to have a you have to have a lead, and then I can trust anyone to do the game. But for <laughs> yeah. him to for to him not to the come bills, from behind, yeah, and, yeah, put the game on his shoulders, I wouldn't trust him with that. Like I said, for me, to, in the end, it's the Bills have all the pressure on them. The Bills, the fan base is completely behind them, and and they, they want got the this. Bills favored right now. Like for all the fantasy on ESPN right now, is you got fifty four percent of people picking the Bills to win. I think most people. A lot of it has to do with Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Mahomes right now plus the the mafia coming in hard. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, only have the Chiefs by three. I want to watch that line whenever they do confirm if Mahomes is going to play. Another one that was like, how is the line? It'll jump either direction. How you have a line at three when it's basically saying the home team like. Come on, you got to give Chiefs more points than that when they're at home. You're going to have fans in the stadium. The defending Super Bowl champs. Yes. With with, the, with their fans, and it's already a loud stadium, you know, so you're going to have your fans behind you. You get that momentum from your guys. They know how to win. The weapons they have is just ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's going to be very hard to slow them down. Yep. We're all hoping for a fully healthy Patrick Mahomes. Um, and of course, I do think that we are. Are we unanimous? And if Mahomes is fully healthy, that the Chiefs are going to take this one. I'm on the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm taking the Chiefs. Taking the Chiefs as well. I tell you what, though, guys, looking at the two games that we have going into this Sunday, personal teams aside, first you know, gotta say that <laughs> personal teams aside, can we have a like Rodgers and Brady? And Bills and Chiefs, I feel like that's what everybody wanted to see in the postseason. If not the conference round, somewhere in the divisional round. Yeah, I don't think any of these, like, you'll be upset. These are going to be great games. So you take away my bias. No matter who wins out of these four, it's going to be a good Super Bowl. Like, you're you're good with any of it. It's going to be phenomenal. So This is a great conference on each, or championship on each side. And, I mean, of course, we would always love to see – I would love to see Bears and Packers. If it's wild card or divisional round, Devin – Steelers, Ravens, like right, we all have those personal ones that if we can get those, we get honestly. Right. There's so much into it for me us. Me personally, I thought I was gonna see the way it was going, the way the league, the year was going, the undefeated streak was going. I was gonna see the Steelers, Chiefs, and I still told you guys, I'm a betting man. Yeah, even at that point, you were and on the I Chiefs. still <laughs> would take the Chiefs. Right. So it's like, yeah, we would have made it here, there, wherever. Um, but if Mahomes isn't playing. I would have really liked the Steelers odds, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, I, I said it from the get-go. Um, I watched this sport religiously, man, you know, and at the end of the day, there's certain things you can't take away from certain teams or certain things you can't take away from certain players. And right now, and for years to come, as we said, the Chiefs are looking like that great team. Right. So, uh, like I said, uh, I hope – I never wish injuries on any team, no matter what even though I do think with Tom Brady 
missed a whole year. That was probably one of the best NFL seasons we ever had. <laughs> um, I believe it was the Chiefs. A lot of people would agree with I you. I believe it was the Chiefs. That it, it was with. the Chiefs. It is what it is. You know what I mean? I, I'm a Brady hater. But, like I said, I'm a Brady hater, and I put $50 on the Bucks. So, <laughs> I'm a betting man as well. So, at the end of the day, here we are. And I would love for Tampa to be in the Super Bowl, to be the first team to play in their home stadium. Let's shout that out because let's get to that. that. That's it's it's big for the sports. You know, you got these other sports where, you know, you go and you have these series and they get to play home games, this, that, and the other. That's huge in the game, the, the realm of sports, you know, and, uh, and if we're the Buccaneers can get there, it's never been done. Right. By a team to win it. So that's, that's big. why you bring Brady in right. for that chance to kind of be able to do that. And, I don't want to see it, but it'd kind of be cool at the same time to kind of be able to have your home team be able to be there and represent. Yeah, it, and like, it's always great to watch history happen. Again, the story behind that would be cool. Right. The same thing with, like, a Bills. The story behind the Bills being there because they Yeah. So, for that aspect, yeah, that'd be great. That's the thing. I just feel with everything that's gone on with in every sport in the pandemic, I just feel like if we're looking at Bucks and Brady and that super team Buccaneers that they have over there. Rodgers and the Packers back in the mix again. He's going for that second Super Bowl ring. The Chiefs are back. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. And then you have the Bills, the AFC champs. I just feel like this is exactly where we're supposed to be right now in this season. Yeah. These were four that exhilarates of the best me. teams. It should be an exciting NFC AFC championship. No matter who wins, it should be a good Super Bowl. So, yeah. like, we don't have like well the Dolphins are in the right, you don't have that, in that the championship right, right now like, playing the the Browns maybe <laughs> like then you can be like well there's a giant asterisk on this season because this would not happen under normal circumstances but I feel like we're right where we're supposed to be and that, for sure that makes me pumped about being here right now yeah it's it's exciting man it's exciting and I think for NFL this is exactly where it was headed this is the teams like like I said. These last eight teams that were here, it's this is what we all seen coming. I mean, you could have your fan bases aside, but the best teams made it to where we thought they were going to. I mean, yeah, you're going to have that surprising team with the Browns, but are they really surprising? They've turned it around. They've well, been for building. For the past three years, yeah. they've been building. They've had they so much hype. Gonna, this is the year. This yeah, is the year. so much hype. And uh, the Steelers, yeah, they had their little run. Um, it looks great, but it came crashing down with – injuries and just not having a run game the line just let's say it's looking soft um the bears making it you know what would have happened if trubisky would have played you know would they had a better seating would they would have played who this that? there's so many variables if the bears would have been here i'd have been like yeah there's an asterisk on this for sure yeah. <laughs> with mitch and Nagy yeah. out here who brought the, Devin the NFC championship. Yeah. Yeah, i'd be like yeah, yeah. This the, i don't know if this counts i'm happy to be here yeah. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. This is uh, a little wonky. Like I said, uh, we're not holding it up. You know what I mean? Yeah, it would have been great to be here, but would have we just been holding it up? Like, oh, yeah, we made it because so-and-so. We made it. Yeah. These teams deserve to be here. They were on fire. They The quarterbacks proven themselves. They're the top five quarterbacks all year long. Right. With their rating, with their pass yards, with their touchdowns, with their interceptions. Um. The these are the teams. four best teams in the yeah, league. Yeah, these are the four best teams, and it shows. So Yeah, the NFL is definitely happy that these are the teams. Yeah. yeah. like And these all – I hate to say it, 
besides the Bucks, I mean these fan these three fan bases, the Bills, Green Bay Packers, mega followings. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, man. The 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 followers, the fan base, the Chiefs fan base is huge. I mean, you got Seattle, Chiefs you got Kingdom. Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Uh, Raiders Nation. The Bucks, Bucks kind of have like a little, a, a smaller fan base. Yeah, because you know too many migrant people here. Like everyone comes from New York. Yeah, it's a melting pot. Yeah, they're coming, so you have all them fan bases that come here that they stay true to their allegiances, you know, and kind of stay true to their team. So the Bucks, first of all, they haven't had the history to really build that fan base. Right. They had their one Super Bowl and then they fell off again. So. As a young person, you don't want to grow up and watch that team and be a fan of that team. It's hard to be a fan of a losing team. As a Raider fan, I fully understand that. Well, right, especially, especially if you're not from this area. Your yeah, family's right. not from this area. You grew up here. But the Bucks mom, haven't, dad, family's a fan Buc- of someone oh, else. <laughs> My fault about that. The Bucks haven't established a culture or an identity yet over right. those years. Like I feel like now, even though you're getting these guys on the tail end of their career, if you're winning games and you're going deep in the playoffs, now those – fans can start gravitating towards that and then if they can continue to build on these so successes, they gotta build on this they gotta once brady retires you gotta make sure you get a guy that comes in that can take over the reins and continue to carry it otherwise you're just gonna fall off again and then again it's hard to build that fan base when you're consistently losing right so unless, now is the time unless you have a fan base that dives all the way into it like right. the raiders fans always show up the dog pound always it's part of the identity to be that diehard yes. through the thick and the thin every season even if it's a losing season they always show yeah and that's one thing it's the you chiefs, guys like punishment for yeah some reason. <laughs> I, think, I think i think the chiefs that's just made a huge difference from being in seattle and not having fans that lost them that game yeah you know that's and a difference chiefs, maker for them and then Chiefs having fans, it's like, oh, Mahomes is out, but the rest of the players can feed off a fan base. And uh, I have air, I have friends. Uh, I grew up in the in the Kansas area, and they say there is nothing like Arrowhead Stadium. It is raucous in there. It is loud. It is insanity. And so I'm with you on that. They'd be able to help bring in. I mean, they'd have to wrap their arms around Chan yeah. Hetty and and you know, well, even get an injury, going. even an injury, you're gonna hear a gasp. Like <gasps> that whole fan base Definitely. lost their air, man, and uh, that reaction, it's, it's it makes a difference in these games. And like I said, they have a huge following, and uh, that's one thing I was telling y'all before we even started is, you know, I remember when the Bucks were blacked out because this fan base wasn't watching the Bucks, and it was just right. like. It's the local you game. Guys, yeah, it's the local game, and you guys aren't following and supporting your own people. It's like, I will watch a Bucks game. I don't care if you win, lose, or draw. But, of course, I'm going to watch my Steelers game. But that's the difference between me and just a regular fan is I'm watching three games at once. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's the difference between me and a casual. And it's like, you are you a fan or are you just a fan because they're winning? And then are you a fan of just Brady? So when Brady leaves, you're not a Bucks fan no more? That's the difference between me. Like, I have a whole bunch of memorabilia that's not going to go anywhere. I'm going to have it forever because it's 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 me. That's who I am. I'm a Steelers fan. You Our know? listeners, I wish they were here right now because you could take a look inside our studio here, which is <laughs> Josh's family room, and it's all black and white. It's, it's always going to be. Like, Raider Nation always represented around here. I'm inside the Death Star in here right now. It's 
again, it's part of being a fan. You you pick that team, you stay loyal. And I know a lot of Bucks fans that are Bucks fans. Like, yes, they have been there through thick and thin. Like, they're legit fans. But it's just the the greater city of Tampa doesn't quite follow any of their sports like that. Right. And it's it's unfortunate that it's that way, but that's just kind of how it is. Until you start to build that true fan base, the Lightning are starting to do it because the Lightning have been perennial winners for the you know past few years and things like that. But it's easy just, to do when you're winning. It's hard to do when exactly. you're losing. So that's the biggest thing. No matter what what happens, like with these these next games here, it's going to be exciting. We got to find a way to light tables on fire, even when we're losing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And when management isn't doing, or the front office isn't doing what you know the moves that you feel like they should be in order to build a winner, you you there's something that still pulls you towards the the fan base like a Bills who are just tailgating legends, right? And then if you ever watch a Raiders game that's at home, and whenever they pan the crowd, it's the Road Warrior shoulder pads, and yeah. it's the the face paint, and it's the helmets, and even if the game that you're watching is a poor product put on by the franchise, you can still dive into that culture that they built there. You see the passion of behind it. The passion of the sixty thousand plus fans that are raving lunatics. It's amazing. And the Bucks can get that if they continue to win. Definitely. And you already have something no one else doesn't have. You have a ship in your stadium. Yeah. You know. Fire what I mean? the cannons. Fire the cannons. You know what I mean? But it just so happens. Josh over here, he believes in a different pirate's life. You know what I mean? And he's a raider. So, you know, at the end good. of the day, yeah, the other at the end of the day, you know, he's he's a Raiders fan and he's got a bad taste in his mouth about it losing the Super Bowl. Me They got oceans in Las Vegas. Right, Do they? Josh? <laughs> For the pirates to sail on. Sure. <laughs> we'll go with that. But uh, there's so many bears in Chicago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's all right. Uh but at the end of the day, I was I was born here in Tampa, and uh, I, I would love to see them show up just to have that first team to be me witnessing that first team go to a home game. That's just great. Cool. And let's just see how the fan base and uh, the NFL reacts to having people in the stadium here in Tampa for that game. So it'll be impressive to see what we're going to do for there. For sure. All right, y'all. That's going to do it for our preview. Going to this week, Devin, what do you got for him for the UFC? We got a handful of fights over here. Yeah, so uh, it's been about four weeks. We had a fight last weekend. Um, hands down, dude, a lot of no names, a lot of people up and comers, uh, but a lot of knockouts, a lot of finishes. Uh, we seen Max Holloway out here just pump out the numbers, just ridiculous Video numbers. Video game numbers. Yeah. Uh, did, did you uh, grab the stats on that? Who, who grabbed the stats on that? Real quick, that man's I mean, stamina slider had been set at a hundred. Yeah, I mean it was it was ridiculous. I've never seen so he set a record for landing a record four hundred and forty five significant strikes to the other man's hundred and forty one. No, that was in just round four. He oh landed hundred and forty one significant strikes. So in one round, he had hundred and forty one significant strikes. There's UFC fights where guys don't land hundred and forty one in a fight. So right. to get that in one round is, is ridiculous. It's, it's like video game stats. No, the video game don't even let you punch the other guy. <laughs> no, literally, like if you were to go try to punch somebody that much in the video game, like he goes down and he's done. Like the video game stamina don't even allow you to punch the other guy that much. So it's ridiculous. And, you know, hats off to Cater for, uh, you know, living. 
<laughs> for no. lasting five yeah. rounds after getting hit Shout that many out times. To that man for lasting. Yeah, I mean, all Absolutely. jokes aside, I mean, you taking blows to the head. I've seen some boxing fights where it was the last blow, and it's you know, God forbid, but you know, that's the that's the fighting world. That's the fighting sports. That's why we watch it. They know what they get themselves into. All jokes aside, oh, I would have dodged. I would have ducked that. Um, man, you, it's combat sports, man. You get hit. You get kicked the wrong way. You take. 400 strikes to the body like i showed y'all the picture his yeah, whole his, body was red he got <laughs> kicked 70 times he got hit the the body 130 times he got hit in the head 200 times um no thank you you know what i mean i'm not down that was last weekend the first showing on abc uh they were doing a lot of muhammad ali a lot of boxing a lot of bringing combat sports to you know regular tv again well, you know trying we, to bring it in because this weekend coming up they have the huge fight. So, of course, you want to get a little Got advertisement to. out there on ABC. Put it on a regular channel, you know, the the local channel. So, you can have those Listen. games. So, we really pimp this Poirier-McGregor fight that's coming up. And that's what it's all about. Um, obviously, USA-driven, uh, Irish roots for myself. But I love what Conor McGregor is about. I love the way he talks crap. Uh, not only do you want to watch his fight, you want to watch his interviews yeah, to his fight. <laughs> you want to watch the presser, the presser, the, the weigh-ins. You want to see him come off the plane. He's the greatest trash talker yeah. in the history. Like he is yeah. a WWE yeah. type of trash talker. And and he comes out there whether you think he lost to Nate Diaz twice, whether this, that, and the other, whether he he don't come and show out when he needs to. And the other day, the man Molly whopped the whole 145 division, came up, went to 155 beat uh eddie alvarez went up to 170 fought nate um lost was like no we're gonna run that back at 170 again <laughs> then came back fought don cerrone at 170 whooped him up he real quick destroyed cerrone. Yeah, that I, was embarrassing vicious vicious shoulders. shoulders yeah like come on now but now you got you know usa versus ireland um they got conor mcgregor at a minus 330 I think Conor McGregor, he's talking about finishing him in 60 seconds. I give Poirier the first, second round maybe, but I see Conor McGregor finishing. They have fought before. I see Conor McGregor finishing again. Uh, the match before that, they got Dan Hooker, Michael Chandler. Chandler's making his UFC debut. Yep, he was a Bellator. Uh, he, he's he's a good fighter, man. I think he's in a bad matchup stylistically. Hooker, long, lengthy, got power, can knock you out. Michael Chandler's got a little gas tank on him. Got a little overhand right. Um, it's a bad matchup for him, man. Um, I always want to see USA do good, but I got to go with my fellow Irishman, Conor McGregor. I think he's going to probably finish it in the first, second round. And then I think Dan Hooker's going to come up here and spoil uh, Chandler. And uh, they had said that Khabib coming out it depends on how these fights finish. You know, someone's got to spark something. But for Khabib, for me, if you don't know Khabib, he's just a monster in himself. He's beat Poirier. He's already beat McGregor. They have some bad blood. They want to, Connor wants to run it back. But you got Charles Oliveira over here who just whooped up on Tony Ferguson, who's on an 8-9 fight win streak. The 155-pound division right now in UFC is looking hot and heavy and ready to go. If Khabib does come back, he should fight Oliveira. And uh, UFC is looking good, man. You got John Jones moving up the heavyweight. That'll be exciting. Yeah, you got Naganu 
He's fighting uh, Stipe coming up in heavyweight. There's some some matchups right now that are coming together, and uh, it's it's good to see that where the UFC is going. You know what I mean? It's it's really good to see. Um, if if you don't follow UFC, man, give it a look, man. We're we're gonna try to tune in a little bit, get a keep y'all posted on the UFC. I follow it very heavily. So, uh, well, yeah. and it's good to see the cross promotion platforms big each other up like this. Whenever it's combat sports, they always put on a good card when there's a good boxing card and vice versa. And so it's nice when they get to, like you said, Josh, put it on TV for everyone to tune in and to catch up on it, get a nice little blood in that system, get them fired up for the next UFC card. I just love how combat sports hasn't gone away. It's kind of taken a different turn. Yeah, boxing's dying out a little bit. UFC's coming on. Well, even uh, if you were to follow... What Max Holloway and I'm a said. big boxing fan, yeah, and so I like boxing. I follow boxing pretty pretty heavily. And Max Holloway came out, and he said, "I ran into Terence Crawford." And if you don't know who Terence Bud Crawford is, he's one of the greatest boxers right now. You know, 147. And I guess Max Holloway ran into him. He's like, "Yo, I'm the 145 champ. What you trying to do? You know what I mean?" Hell yeah! I love Max Holloway. Max Holloway's like telling Cater. Cater called him a rookie or a novice or a junior or JV boxer, and he came out here and boxed the hell out of you. So at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't mind seeing. I don't say Conor McGregor should have came out here and fought Mayweather like he did. No, that, but <laughs> that was a cash grab. Could, but he could go out there and compete with some of these boxers. Now I'm not saying he can go out there and compete with Bud Crawford. I'm just saying if he were to go out here and fight one of these, you know, smaller named boxers that are prof- professional who are maybe 20 and 0. 19 and 0 up and coming boxers this man literally went from straight mma karate background to boxing and fought the best boxer to ever box like yeah come on man you know what i mean like let's not go there obviously well it was great for his name though even in a loss i mean you can't say conor mcgregor and somebody doesn't know that in most rooms that man is so smart look at the boxing ring now he got his proper 12 in the boxing ring yeah he got his proper 12 in the ufc boxing ring good whiskey listen it's pretty good whiskey you know what i mean (laughs) but uh at the end of the day he's building his own his 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 own image his own brand and he died out of fighting and dana's already came out and said no this conor mcgregor that i'm talking is growing up and he wants to fight three times this year so especially if he wins this fight not saying dustin poirier is a walk in the park um it's gonna be a good fight card uh if you if if you don't have anything to do Saturday night and you're waiting for Sunday to watch these football games, man, watch, tune in, tune in. Can't sleep on Conor McGregor. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I, I agree for the most part with everything you're saying. I don't want McGregor to win. Of course not. Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I believe he is going to win. So I don't knock Dustin Poirier. Poirier is like the Bills of UFC. He's got his own little charity, which Conor McGregor said he's going to donate a million dollars or something like that to his charity. That's amazing. Um, I believe Max Holloway donated some money. Someone else has donated. What Dustin Poirier does is he gives back. Um, he donates his UFC gear. Any of his UFC gear that he uses in fights or pre-fights, he donates and he brings it all and builds up. And some of his percentage of his purse goes to a local new orleans charity and he get, helps feed uh homeless and children and it's, it's pretty phenomenal what he does him and his wife so it's just little background stories that you can knock people 
these human beings, but what they do on the side with their money, maybe it's just crazy that they go and buy a million dollar this, that, and the other, but that's because they can afford it, but they do help out, and it might not be enough for you, and you can knock them for that. They don't have to do any of this with their free time. You know what I mean? And I respect that, so. Definitely some big fights. Definitely should be exciting. Uh, I'll be watching for sure. I will be watching. So definitely check them out. Quick NBA talk. Something happened this last week. Unfortunately, it was, I think it was right after we wrapped up. Right after. It was hours after we like, wrapped up. We wrapped recording. up. We were outside BSing, like kind of clean. And we hit this hardened trade happens when he finally gets traded and he goes to the Nets, which shocked me. I thought for sure he was going to end up going over to the, the 76ers. Like that was really the big talk. I for sure thought he'd be in Philly. And then all of a sudden he's going to the Nets. The Nets gave up a lot. They gave up, up what four first round picks was the the total. Yeah, they gave up. I want to say it was three first round picks of their own, and then four first round pick swaps. So whichever team has the worst record, the Nets end up giving up and getting the worst pick out of the deal. And then they flipped a couple of players there that too. Yeah, you had. Cleveland got into it. Patriots got into it. Like it was yep. a four-team trade. Yeah, Oladipo ended up. Oladipo, Lavert, they all got moved around. It was a big trade. Oladipo is already saying he wants out of the Rockets now. Here's my question. I don't think it's a <laughs> maybe it's not a question. I guess I'll pose it to you guys. It's more of an observation on my part. The haul that Brooklyn gave up. Let me read you off a trade that happened earlier this season. And then I'll let you know who it was. And you guys let me know if it makes sense to you. The 2025 first round pick, the 2027 first round pick, the 2024 and 2026 pick swaps, few bench players, few starters, the 2023 protected first round pick and two second round picks. That was for Drew Holiday. <laughs> now, in comparison to James Harden, I mean, it's not that big of a stretch to say that those are almost equal haul that a team gave up in order to get another star. Even just for the talent-wise period, Harden is right and familiarity. You know what I mean? He's already oh, absolutely. With Durant, you know, I was like, out of those two, Brooklyn definitely came out ahead, and and the Milwaukee Bucks. I, that's why I didn't like the trade in the first right. place. Is you gave up so much for. Drew Holiday for uh, I'm not gonna say a, a good player, not a. Oh a no, he's great. definitely a good player. He's a starter. He's a serviceable player. Well, Come playoff time, he's really good. You at know what was great is those two teams got to play each other last night. Yeah, they did. You know what I mean? And it was a great back and forth game, but the Nets won. So at the end of the day, you give up all these trades, um, all these picks. Which that's one thing about basketball that just irks me is like, you know what? I'm going to trade you 2027. <laughs> like, 2027? Like, for real? Like, so, with basketball, picks don't seem to be as valuable. They're getting less and less valuable as we go on. Because, like, especially years. this year coming up out of college, there's not that one player this year in college that you're like, this guy's going to take over. Like, you don't have that Zion type player this right. year. Yeah, like, the franchise generational right. talent. You, you don't have that this year where. You want that first pick. There's not really that guy that's done anything yet. Maybe there will be a guy that tends to kind of shine as the season goes. But I like the trade for the Rockets because 
you weren't going to get anything. Like he did not want to be there. Yeah, he didn't want to. Harden wanted out, so you get I mean, rid of him. It's a Houston thing, really. <laughs> it seems like it doesn't. Now yeah. with Deshaun Watson trying to force his way out. You, oh man, Oladipo just got there and said right from the rip, right off rip, I want out of here. Harden wanted out of like, so now you got this situation where the Rockets made this deal where potentially it could be good for them as long as these picks come to fruition. They for got them. a lot of picks back, yeah. So their future could be bright. Yes, if hopefully they, for them it, it does pan out and they can do this thing. But it's already making dividends for the Nets over here. Yeah, Kyrie's not even back. Harden came in right off the start and just looked incredible. First game he had a triple double. 30-point triple-double. Never been done yeah. in history. Yeah, he messed around and got a triple-double. Two games in, a, two games in, he had 60-something points. Him and uh, Durant have come together and looked like they're just playing great together right off the start. And again, they do have the history of playing together back whenever they were in the Thunder together. James Harden said, we were kids then and we're men now. So and it was seamless with the two of them on the court. My biggest thing to this is Kyrie has been a baby this past week or two weeks. He has yeah, they just quote unquote up, they picked up a things. point guard. <laughs> they picked up a point guard in Harden. Yeah, so if you guys haven't heard it yet, Kevin Durant was asked about the playmaking skills of James Harden. This is just before Kyrie came out and he said he had to get away from the game, deal with some personal issues. Uh he said he didn't want to get into it any more than that, but he is happy to come back and he's playing the Cavs. We're recording on a Tuesday night. They are playing the Cavs on a Wednesday night. Um but they asked Kevin Durant how they felt about James Harden. And he said, yeah, he's a great playmaker, and he's a point guard. I've always viewed him as a point guard, and he's great at it. And I don't know if he meant that as a slight towards Kyrie, who hadn't showed up in a while, and they said as an organization we haven't had much contact with him, but Kyrie's a point guard. Exactly. That's <laughs> where it's going to be interesting. But is Kyrie a basketball player now? <laughs> because, you know, he just takes time off whenever he feels like it. Like I said, you know, we messed around and said, you know, some people talk about practice. Some people talk about regular season. Maybe he's just <laughs> waiting for the playoffs. I, I don't know. I don't like it. I, well, I, I, I would try to see what I could get back for him. Maybe go and trade him for Oladipo. You know what I mean? I don't know. You could get a haul back for him as well. Definitely. There's a market for him. Um, Is there? Well, I don't know. I mean, is he <laughs> has attitude outside of his first three years in the league where, again, as a star in the league, you kind of wash those away. It's like you're young, you're grooming, yeah. you're getting used to the franchise, the NBA life, all of it, right? And you're usually losing in those first few seasons. Outside of those first three seasons, he's not been on a bad team whatsoever. And now he's over here with Kevin Durant and now James Harden. And if you can't make that locker room work, then I don't really know what situation's best for you because you're going to go to a worse team at some point in your career. Definitely. And I'm not sure if he can handle that because he's always been on good teams and he's still kind of acted this way. He's a sore winner and a sore loser. Yeah. <laughs> That's a valid point right <laughs> yeah. now. And the issue is, is, again, up until just recently where he came out and he said he had personal issues, you didn't say that for so he long. He was out there partying, like doing all these things where it looked like he was having any issues. It looked like he was having fun. I right. didn't know I didn't know I was an Irving hater until just now. <laughs> <laughs> like till recently when he was sitting out till he was having these off the field. Cause like me, in any college, unless obviously you're a Duke hater, you follow Coach K. You know what I mean? You right. follow Duke. I've, I've watched Irving, you know, I watched him come and play in the season. He was great. You know, it's him and Steph back and forth. Who's got the better handles, this, that, and the other, you oh, know, he's a terrific his basketball game player. winning, thir you know, little shot to beat Golden. 
Yep. There's historic killer, killer, killer just drive to play when he's on the court. And like Charles said the best, you know, dude, just play basketball. Just dribble the damn ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? But he gets caught up in some other stuff. And like I said, jokingly and unjokingly, because mental health isn't funny, but like go see somebody, go talk to somebody. I'm go- glad you said that. I'm really glad you said that because, again, without hearing from him, there's all these rumors that, look, they're looking to get Harden because you're not around. And then, B, Kyrie, or there's rumors out of Kyrie's camp that he's not around because he doesn't want to be involved in the trade to get Harden. Right. And so there's all that. And here, I'm again, to the mental health aspect, without hearing his side of it, I was kind of starting to wonder if – Something might happen where we wake up in the morning and we hear horrible news about what happened to Kyrie Irving. But again, if you can come out and just say, here's what I'm dealing with, butt out, you know, you can have your opinions, but you have to have some sort of conversation. So at least people can understand where you're coming from, whether you agree with it or not. When you're famous, you're being watched. I was like, at this point, I would just want to hear that he was okay. Right. To be honest. Right. Like. All all jokes aside, like, who is checking up on him? You that I mean? is a solid we, question. We, we're sitting here knocking him, and I, I'm not a hater by no means. I think on the court he's great. I think he says some crazy dumb stuff. But, shoot, in the last two episodes of our podcast, I've said some crazy stuff <laughs> that I probably want to take back. But at the end of the day, once it's said, once it's on the Internet, once it's on this platform – it is what it is, and you're going to get backlash. You're going to get feedback. And this man has millions and millions of people following him and watching him and wondering what he's doing. But who's actually wondering and doing and checking up on this man? He's a baller, and I, I hope I hope they make something of it. I thought he had a nice little fit in Boston, but he just he gets caught up in himself, man. He, like, battles himself. And uh, I was telling us we were talking about making another – another page and you know durant himself got caught up in this social media and this no he has burner accounts burners accounts you know what i mean it's 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 a different lifestyle now there's a lot of different platforms to speak and uh and people don't hold back they don't they don't there's some people we were talking about you just got trolls out there they do it in their fun free time um sometimes they get me and you going yeah uh, you know what i mean we've Uh, been a couple too many times it happens but uh you know, at the end of the day, everybody who has any kind of just job, personal life, you don't really know what they're going through. And Irving himself, all eyes are on you, and we're wondering what's going on. And, dude, it's like we want to see you on the court. We want to see you play. Now the Nets are coming up together. You got a real big three over there. What are y'all going to do And if Irving comes back and they start to lose? Then what are you going to do with them? Right. Now you're you're battling that. And That's what I really want to see. Is it me? Is it me? Is it me? Now you're you're in your mind again, dude. And uh, it's 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 or it's if tough I got spot. more shots up, then right. but y'all are taking all the shots. Dude. I don't know. There's it's, it's interesting. It's a the drama inside the basketball league. You know what I mean? This is what I wanted when Harden went there. I was I was hoping he'd go to the Nets. I didn't think they would do it. Again, I just I didn't think they had enough to give up. But I, apparently they did. I think they could have gotten a lot you think more, to the be box. honest. Yeah, you got to think outside True. the box. Uh, I guess what I was expecting for was Jay-Z's Philly. Big <laughs> Philadelphia had the answer 
for what they could get in return, and that's Ben Simmons. Right. That's another all-star. He's, what, 26? You got a nice young 25? player that you can build around. Who plays a lot of defense, like, unlike James Harden, who that's been the biggest knock on his career. And so you could swap star for star. You would probably definitely still get like two, three, four first-round yeah. picks with him along with it. Uh, and so for the Nets to give up mainly picks and then swap out uh, Levert and those guys too, I just didn't think it was going to be enough. But now what I can't wait is all this that we're talking about right now, it is the circus that is going to be Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving night after night on good games, on bad games. Where does it all go? And do you guys – does this change how you feel with your predictions for where the Nets are going to end up? In the postseason, because I know before the Harden trade, I thought the Nets would be in the finals. I still think that. Where are you guys with it? I'm torn. I think this did put them over the top, but I'm nervous because Irving hasn't been on the court yet. Right. I really want to see. I think this big three has potential to be the best big three it in should history. Be. It should be. They have two legit MVPs on that team right now, right. and Kyrie Irving who averaged 29 in the finals for almost back-to-back years and hit the game-winning shot. I I think, looking at the team, yes, they're going to be in the finals. I just want to see how the three coexist, get along, come together. Because the two have already proven Harden and Durant seem like they're getting along good. There's no problems there. Picked up right where they left off in Oklahoma. The good part about all of it is with KD, KD is a very passive player. Mm-hmm. He's not a guy who wants, to ha- or he doesn't need to have the ball. He doesn't all the time. demand it. Correct. So that that's he's the, not scared to shoot. That's the beneficial right. part. You can dribble it down there, do all the plays, and I'm just standing here, or I'll run a play, and I can ISO. I could. I'm gonna get my shot when I want it. Uh, I shoot over whoever I want to shoot over. But at the end of the day, Harden and Irving want to dribble the ball. Right. That's why the best piece to make it work is Kevin Durant. Because he's not the guy that needs the right. ball. But those other two, in order to be effective, they really do. Yeah. And so everyone on on the articles that I've been reading and the podcasts that I've been listening to, you know, the talent wise, I'm sorry, but Kyrie Irving is third on the pecking order. Yeah. Which and he went to Brooklyn first. He left to go to his own team and then Kevin Durant joined him, which I mean, talent for talent-wise, that knocks him down to two. And now Harden's got an MVP of his own over here. For sure. That knocks him down to three. And so they're talking about who has to sacrifice. The person that I think should have to sacrifice is Irving. But to your guys' point, Kevin Durant is best suited right. to sacrifice because his skill set is better than them to where he doesn't need the ball. So when they're done dribbling it out and he gets it maybe what, in the post. What, are you going to make uh, Harden a spot-up shooter? Right, no. You know what right. I mean? That's not going to happen, dude. Kevin Durant can hit those in his sleep. But Kevin Durant's more of an off-ball player. But he's the best player on the team. The other two need the ball. Right. And so it's seeing what kind of offensive system that they run with and the I three of them. Ha- and I'd rather have Harden drive drive into the paint and shoot his free throws. It's, ah, man, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And, you know, I think we were talking, and I believe we had, you know, the Raptors up there, Milwaukee up there. We had the Heat who are struggling right now. You know what I mean? Give it time. Yeah, I, I hope so. I keep um, the faith. We're going to be back to. in the mix. Got to. Um, Boston. And then, yeah, Boston, Philly. which Kemba, they're having problems with Kemba. He's hurt again. Um, Philly, you know, they seem to 
get to the playoffs, lose to Boston. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, now you got Rivers over They're there coaching them up. Year, yeah, Philly's looking good. So uh, we'll see, man. The East is going to be fun to watch, but I just – even if, let's say, Irving gets to 70% involved where we think Irving should be and they Harden and uh, Durant are doing what they're doing and putting the points and meshing together great, I don't see no one beating the Nets out of the East. And it's it's going to be tough to out them, period. Because I, th- I think they kept Jordan, right? You got Jordan in the center. Yeah, the DeAndre middle. Jordan. So, Rebounding champ, all-star himself. Right. So that's a that's a tough team. And then you got uh, – Oh, they gave up Jared Allen, which was a – that's a big no, piece for yeah, them. Yeah, Jared Allen he, was a young, young, you know, center, beasting it up. but And he was a net for a few years, so I know some Nets kept, fans uh, miss but they, him. But they kept their spot-up shooter, Johnson. I believe that's his name, Johnson. Uh, he won the three-point shooting contest. So, he's a nice little three-pointer three, three pointer he got on the side. Nets are going to be tough, dude. Nets are going to be tough. Milwaukee's still going to be there. Middleton, Giannis. You're going to have to beat Brooklyn with depth. Yeah. For sure, because the Nets, especially with Spencer Dinwiddie tearing his ACL. And I wonder if that's what they're going to do. Keep Harden and Durant to play that two-man ball. Don't have all three of them out there at the same time. Yeah, the way they stagger their minutes is going to be crucial to yeah. them having a good run. But keep your eye out for, especially when it comes to the Heat, the Lakers, and the Nets, keep your eye out for the buyout market and the trade deadline because there's still a lot of moves to be made. There's going to be teams that, look, you know what, we don't want to pay you this year, and we're just going to cut you. We'll pay the rest of your salary. Then they're technically a free agent, yeah. and then the Nets can swoop in and grab some bench depth. Heat can do something like that, and I have a feeling the Lakers are eyeing that as well to add one more piece to they always do. They, I mean, the best teams always do. If you're in contention, you're spending all your money. You're giving away all your draft picks because I don't need a future. My future is now. I need to yeah. win now because I have these guys, and I'm never going to get a generational talent like Harden and Kyrie and KD all on the same team again. We need to pull this off. I tell you what, though. How do you feel about Harden asking, well, demanding, forcing his way out of Houston? Where are you guys at with that? It's it's prima donna drama basketball, man. I don't like it here. I don't want to be here no more. I'm not saying that's what uh Deshaun Watson's doing in the football league. He kind of got disrespected as they promised him, hey, we're going to be a part of getting your GM, your coach. I guess you could say, yeah, y'all got rid of his coach and his GM. But at the end of the day, did they? I mean, Dan Antonio wasn't winning. His GM, they were getting there, and they were bringing him Westbrook. They were bringing him talent. Brought Chris Paul over there. He just y'all weren't winning, and uh, as a owner, you got to make decisions like that. And uh, I kind of threw a little tantrum, you know. At the end of the day, you weren't winning with what you got, and we put so many different pieces and puzzles together. You wanted out, so he's not a person to lead a team. And uh, now you're gonna go see what Durant and Irving got to do, and maybe go do something out there in Brooklyn. We've talked about it. It's bullcrap the way he did things because he demanded so much he traded away he got rid of the other pieces no i want to play with this guy no i want to play with this guy you know they catered around him they went to a small ball that allowed him to be the focus of the offense and he demanded all this he got all of it and it didn't work and he throws a fit and says well i don't want to play here no more and we don't have enough to win here and basically threw his whole team under the bus basically said we're not going to do anything here. When you had John Wall, you got DeMarcus Cousins, and like they were like, let's just 
get this going a little bit. Let's see what we can do. And he's just like, no, I don't want to play with you guys. And and it was telling because they called him out on it. Yeah. To the media as well. So you could tell they were frustrated with his effort as well. Okay. I, I don't like whenever any player tries to do these kinds of things. If a franchise tries to do for you, then you got to stay true to the franchise. And that franchise did everything they could to help him by giving him his coach getting rid of his like like they they brought in different pieces consistently they like we talk about chris paul they brought in russell westbrook like ariza covington clint capella dwight howard they did whatever they could to try to help him and john wall just recently (laughs) yeah so i don't like it i don't agree with it but my take on it i don't agree with it but if you when I put the whole piece together, because again, the first thing when they're like, well, Harden wants out and he doesn't think they have enough. And, you know, this, the franchise and all this, which again, like not to undersell it outside of Hakeem, the dream Olajuwon winning those two rings. This is the best five year stint that Houston's ever had. They've gone to the conference finals. They've always been a contender. They've had the stars around it to make it work. They're a Chris Paul hamstring away from probably being in the finals and dare say winning a finals. They had a hell of a run with the, with the years that they had with James Harden. He won an MVP there. He was runner up MVP three straight years. I mean, he did put it all out there on the line. Granted, they, they did what they were supposed to do. I guess, you know, we're all in agreement on that. And that's what ruffles us up is that they brought in all the players. They brought in, they right, fired they, McHale. They went out of the way to cater to him. Right. They fired the coach McHale. Uh, which was more of a defensive-oriented guy, which, again, got them to the conference finals. So I don't know. I thought that was a mistake. They brought in Mike D'Antoni, who changed the offense, ran a quick small ball three-point lineup. And outside of, you know, when the analytics are there, they work great. But then also the ebbs and flows of the game, man, when you get cold, those analytics hit hard and you drown from all those threes that you're missing. But also – what I understand about James Harden wanting out is because the GM, Daryl Morey, helped Harden put this whole roster together, and he saw the view. And again, when they brought in Mike D'Antoni, he was brought in to help facilitate that offense to make Harden the star that he was. And then the owner, Devin, as you pointed out, had seen enough. And he fired Daryl Morey, and Mike D'Antoni quit fired. I mean, he was on his way out anyway, but he's like, I'm going to go ahead and serve in my papers, and I'm going to head elsewhere. And then that's when Harden wanted out. And what was the most telling was his top two destinations was Brooklyn Nets. That's where Mike D'Antoni is the assistant head coach under Steve Nash. And then also Philadelphia 76ers, that's where Daryl Morey is a new GM. So it wasn't so much that he – didn't trust those guys and those guys around him. It's the owner kind of put a hex on it. And he said, look, I'm done here. I'm getting rid of these guys. And Harden's like, well, that's the guys that I've built all of this success with. And if you're done with them, then I'm done with you. I, it, it's not as egregious as what the Texans are doing with Deshaun Watson right now. No, nah, it's nowhere close. They're but it's along those lines because he was brought in to have those moves as well, which is why he was able to play with the guys he wanted to play. And then the owner just completely scrapped it and expects Harden to go along with it with the guy that he built his whole career with as a Houston Rocket. So, but again, I don't agree with him not at least giving it a chance. It's it's different from the Deshaun Watson, obviously different sports as well, but you traded his best weapon away. Then you fired his coach. So then he's like, okay, okay, you do this year. He balled out, gave you his all this year. 
And one of the things he asked for is, hey, let me be a part of the GM and the coaching. And you go and hire whoever you want. Like, that is not what we consulting him at all. That's not what we talked about. This is not what we talked about at all. Like, who were you talking to? You know what I mean? But at the same time, I mean, it'd be like me going to work and just being like, you know, that's great that you want me over there and you want me to do that. But uh, just just not today. You know what I mean? I'm going to go. I'm going to go over here and do whatever I want. Haha. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's not how jobs work. They did. Again, I mean, they made wholesale changes that he didn't agree with. Um, I guess what I where I was really starting to fall in line with, like, you know what, James Harden, like, I see what you're doing. And I'm starting to agree with him was for the first four games of the At season. At least he's faithful to his his people, I guess. Dan Antonio and yeah, you know, Dan Antonio and Maury. But at the end of the day, it's like you just spit in the face of John Wall. You just spit in the face. No, of, no, that you know, what I mean? too far. Right, it's that like, was too far. And again, like like I was saying, he the first four games after all this was going on, he was averaging thirty four, eleven, and eight. So he, he never gave up on the effort standpoint. That was only the first four games, though. And then since in the last four games, sixteen points a game, mailed it in against the Lakers both times. He had had enough. And so the only other time in history where it happened like this in this way, because players in the NBA, they've especially recently been forcing more trades yes. to go to other destinations. LeBron. He's never forced a trade himself. For himself. <laughs> to get other pieces? No, definitely. That has definitely happened. But, I mean, you don't think Kevin Durant didn't want James Harden? I don't think Kevin Durant really cared. <laughs> you don't think Harden didn't want Russell Westbrook? He was like, look, get Chris Paul out of here. He's the issue. And Chris Paul, like, legitimately said, was like, you're the issue Just to the quit, press. Quit worrying about LeBron and quit swinging off his ding dong. And Devin brought him up. Yeah, and then you're going to defend him. To the- no, I'm not. Anyway, I'm, not I'm, I'm only talking James Harden. Vince Carter. What did Vince Carter do? <laughs> he was drafted by the Raptors. His rookie year, he averaged 18. Next year, 25, 27, 24, 20, 22, 25. All-star. Yeah. Just playing great. They're just not winning. And then he forces – well, he tells them, I want out. I'm done. They're like, no, you still have your contract to play out. And so then the next year, 16 points a game. The fewest shot attempts he ever attempted. The worst field goal he ever attempted in his career. Three-point, lowest assists, lowest minutes because his coach couldn't trust him because he's sinking these games, literally throwing the games away. Oh, and then they do trade him. They trade him to the New Jersey Nets. Instantly skyrockets to 27 and a half points a game for the last 60 games of the season. Mailed it in, sanked it so that way he could force a trade. So take notes from. That's egregious. And James Harden followed in that suit, and I, that's what I'm really upset about. Take notes from the great Al Davis. Al Davis got pissed off with Marcus Allen. Didn't cut him, didn't trade him. Said, you know what? You can sit on the bench. We're not even going to play you. Do the same thing. You got a guy that doesn't want to be bench him, or trade him Quit and get a haul into back. These guys, quit giving in to these fools, man. Let them sit on the freaking bench and, and rot, and pay him and get nothing in return. Let them rot. No, I say get rid of him and get a whole bunch back. We need to like quit catering to these fools. Picks. Again, for the Rockets, it was a good deal. I, I think it was a good trade. They ended up coming out. I just get tired of. I just I like John Wall, and I think he just spit in the face of John Wall. Yeah, but Boogie Cousins. John Wall like, competes. If anything, yeah. whether you, you know personality-wise or production value, you know, is, is up to anyone. But 
That guy competes. He can't take yeah. that away from him. I like John Wall for the same reason. Yeah, that's it was messy. Yes, I'm glad it's I'm over. I'm glad it's over. <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious to see where all this goes. It's going to be interesting. Stay tuned to this podcast. We're going to be going over all this. You know, we're wrapping up NFL here in a couple more weeks. Sadly, we'll start going into the too though. It is. It's always the, the the bittersweet time where you're so excited to get these playoff games and the Super Bowl. And then it feels like it's such a long off season. And then we can jump back on our wagons. Twenty twenty one Steelers year. Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> the Raiders are back to being undefeated. Yeah. It's our year. But so what we we'll, we're gonna start hitting this NBA a little harder. Start jumping into some more sports. You know, we'll, we got baseball coming up. We'll hit a little bit into that. Absolutely. So we got more hockey still up. going hockey, on. We got just starting. Off, lightning starting off strong already. So we'll definitely, as the, as the the king runs its course, we'll come into some of these other sports. So definitely stay tuned for that. Plenty more. The king is that a LeBron reference? I'll never be a LeBron. The, the guy's <laughs> not the king. Running his course right now, leading the league in in wins. Lakers, repeat. Not because they did they just lose to the Golden State Warriors? Yeah, by two. They mailed that one in. <laughs> They're like three quarters. We were up like nineteen. Mm-hmm. We should yeah. all we need to. Yeah, just let them come back. Real on California that. team. Curry out there doing his thing. Good to see Curry. That kid is cooking. We missed him last year. He's cooking that boy. I thought for sure they were going to be another tanking type season once they. They're in the mix. Seven and six. It's not yeah. pretty, but they're in the mix. It's going to be exciting. See if they can make some moves. But like I said, more of that on all these future episodes here. Thank you for listening, guys. Stay tuned for more. Thank you so much. Like, share, follow. Please rate and review. Increases our visibility. We do this now. This is our thing. Every week, we're here. Check us out on Instagram. We're on Instagram as well. Hey, share if you care. Appreciate y'all. Go Miami Heat. Go Bills. Who's going to the Super Bowl? Bucks. Thank you for listening to Shirts and Skins Podcast.